You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. Locked On Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Free agent news on the docket today, and the Packers didn't make any moves, but there is still a lot to talk about when it comes to the people that they may be interested in. We got a report from Rob Domofsky on that, and the people they are and are not tendering the players who are not in their future. This tells us a lot about where this team is headed, the places that they might be looking, and the places that they are looking to improve. That part of it is crucial as we look forward. So let's start there. The Packers, it was reported yesterday, are not tendering Raven Green. This has underratedly large implications on what the Packers offseason is going to look like. I've said on this show a number of times, and I still believe it now as much as it has ever been true, okay? Safety is an essential position in this defense. It's an essential position in any defense, but particularly this Brandon Staley, Vic Fangio schemed defense. And the way that the Rams played it, the third safety, the nickel safety, was... Uh, a little bit of nickel, a little bit of corner, a little bit of safety. He was a little bit country and a little bit rock and roll. And that was vital, that flexibility. And and Joe Barry said in his press conference, with his introductory press conference with the Green Bay Media, nickel is a vital spot. And you can never have too many guys who can play that nickel spot, too many guys who can play in the slot. Raven Green had to do that last year, in part because Shannon Sullivan did not play as well as, frankly, I thought he would in in that situation because he played so well in that dime safety role in 2019. And it's not always the case that guys who, who look really good in limited roles become much better with elevated roles. You know, in the NBA, there is actually some evidence that, you know, guys who are efficient playing 15 minutes a game, tend to be efficient playing 25 minutes a game. But this is is not the NBA. And especially when it comes to covering NFL receivers, when you can only play 20% of snaps and go out there and, and be a supplementary piece, it is much easier to have some flaws. If you need to go out there and play 60% of snaps, You need to be a much different kind of player in terms of your down-to-down consistency and discipline. And unfortunately, Raven Green was not that guy because he couldn't stay on the field and Shannon Sullivan was not that guy. There are questions now about whether or not Green Bay is going to retain to tender Shannon Sullivan. There is also a question about whether Raven Green can come back. 
He could, I suppose. And I, I guess we should talk about that for a second. You know, it was suggested to me uh, by a listener on Twitter. You know, why couldn't the Packers just bring him back on a minimum kind of salary? You know, the the tender number is a couple million and he could be back on the vet minimum. And, you know, it's it's much less money. Well, if he's a starter, if you think that he is that third safety and you feel good about that, then he's worth the tender money. He's worth the two million. If you think he's just a, a depth piece who you hope stays healthy enough to compete. Then you do what the Packers did. You don't tender and you move on. And, and I think that's the the smart move here. I have liked the versatility of Raven Green, but I was never sold on his ability to be this sort of, you know, versatile, do-it-all kind of guy. I thought he had a very particular set of skills, a la Liam Neeson. And we just never really got a chance to see those skills. He became a better cover player. He came into camp last year, especially looking thin and trim and a little twitchier. And he thought, okay, maybe he can do a little bit more for this defense. And unfortunately, we just never really saw it. So to me, and, and I've been saying this, you know, for a while now, safety is right there as the 1B priority. Man, two. It's second. Because if Shannon Sullivan ain't it, and you need to get two corners now. If Kevin King is going to walk, and Kevin King is, by the way, going to walk. And you're not sold on Shannon Sullivan. And I don't know how you could be. As someone who was a fan of Shannon Sullivan and thinks he's a really good guy, and he was on this podcast, and his story is, is a great one. I hope he gets the chance to prove that, that he can be a good NFL player. We didn't see that guy consistently last year. That's just the unfortunate reality. I would I would love for Green Bay to give him a chance and for him to shine. I just don't know that that's going to happen. So, okay. Then you need to find someone in free agency for sure. And according to reports, the Packers are doing that. That's something we're going to touch on a little bit later. Safety is not just as big a problem because Green Bay might need two corners to play, you know, one of them is going to play 90 plus percent of snaps if they're healthy. And the other one is probably going to play 80 plus percent of snaps. This is a nickel driven league. Now, Green Bay is going to want to be able to play Darnell Savage a little bit in the slot. And they may want to have Amos and, and maybe they want a safety. You know, maybe they want someone like, um, you know, Javon Holland from Oregon who can play safety or, or or slot, or they want someone like Elijah Molden from Washington. I don't know why all these guys are in the Pacific Northwest to play a little bit of safety, a little bit of slot, to give you that flexibility to play a little bit of here, there, and everywhere. Green Bay doesn't have that person currently. And they probably won't find that safety in free agency. Now, they might find the corner. They're not going to find the safety. That guy's not out there not really and you know guys like Trey Boston have lingered on the market and Green Bay has had multiple chances to sign him and have decided not to I don't think that's the route that they're going to go I think the draft with the safety is is the route and I wouldn't be surprised if they fell in love with someone in the first round it's it's not fait accompli that there's going to be a first round safety in this draft we don't know what what players think what teams think of these top guys. And there is no consensus first round guy. That throws a little bit of a wrench into your plans. 
when you go back to like the 2014 draft, there were two safeties. Everyone said, okay, these are first round guys. It was Haha Glenn Dix and it was Calvin Pryor. And we knew that those guys were in play for Green Bay. They had a major safety problem. And Green Bay ultimately, you know, honed in on Clinton Dix. This is not to rehash any of that, but we don't have any clear picture that there is someone that's going to be there at 29 worth taking at safety. Now, there could be, you know, someone we're taking in another position. And so obviously they should do that. I continue to believe that from a value standpoint, the best way to approach this draft is in the first round, you take a premium position player if you can, always, but they don't need a quarterback. If they're bringing Preston Smith back and they are, they probably don't need a pass rusher and there is not an interior defensive line pass rusher worth taking in the first round. Might not be one worth taking, honestly, in this draft in terms of interior pass rushers. There are some interior defensive linemen, not guys who are likely to affect the passer in a material way. It's it's a strangely bad class for that, although there are some nice players, some guys who could affect the run game and, and someone who could, you know, Christian Barmore has the athletic traits and, and the talent to become that guy. We just haven't seen it to this point. That is why I've said that linebacker could be in play, not a premium position, but certainly a position of need. And and the the, the corner and the safety depth into day two is primo. Still, you know, if Greg Newsom II is there, take him. If, you know, there are going to be guys, corners, we're taking, so do it. And in the second, you can still get a safety. I mean, these are these are all things that are very much in play. They're not going to find the safety that they're looking for in free agency. There are going to be guys at other places where they feel like they can get better defensive line, offensive line, and corner, that they can add some pieces, some cheap pieces in, in free agency. Safety is going to have to come in the draft. And so if you can't prioritize it in the first round, then you do have to wait. And maybe that's maybe that's part of a trade down. Maybe that's the reason to trade down on the first. If if none of your, your blue chip top tier guys are there, you know, no one falls. For mock draft Monday, we had Jeremiah Wosu-Koromoa from Notre Dame. He's a, a linebacker, safety, maybe hybrid type player. Someone like that, you know, is a top 20, top 25 talent. If he falls to 29, yeah, take that guy. If one of these receivers, if Kadarius Tony falls to 29, yeah, maybe you take that guy. Tevin Jenkins, if he's there at 29, maybe you take him. You don't have to take a corner or you don't have to take a safety. And there's probably not a safety worth taking there. So these are these are part of the calculations here. I just I don't want anyone to be surprised when the Packers use a top hundred pick. Um, and maybe even, you know, their second round pick on a safety because that position right now is very much in flux. And that's a de facto starter. They're going to play 60, 70% of snaps. They're going to play a lot of light boxes. Green Bay is going to play a ton of sub package, a, a lot of big dime, big nickel. And they need to find someone who can fill that spot. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine at Bet Online. Go to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKED ON. That's right, you put money in. And they will put money back in your account just for being you. Just for being you while being you and using the promo code locked on. Because at Bet Online, they are your online sportsbook experts. 
So I, I teased this a little bit earlier in the show. Rob Domofsky reported yesterday that the Packers have been in conversations with some some sort of mid-tier free agents at corner, at defensive line. That makes sense. There was a report that Green Bay was in on Vikings interior offensive lineman Brent Jones. That makes sense. Green Bay can't do a lot in free agency. They don't have many options because of the money. But we didn't hear much of anything at the corner position yesterday. We didn't hear much of anything, you know, with with these these mid-tier guys at, you know, defensive line, receiver, offensive line, say like they're second and third wave guys by definition, so those guys don't usually go on day one, day one of the tampering period, no less. Like free agency hasn't even technically opened and we're getting all these contracts. There are going to be guys left in the dust and there are going to be guys who get cut so teams can sign someone. You know, the Packers did this with Jimmy Graham. Okay, sign Jimmy Graham, cut Jordy Nelson. Regardless of how you felt about that move, there are going to be other teams who do a similar version of that same deal. And, you know, Jordy went to Oakland and, and played an important role for that offense. So could Green Bay be in the same position with, with someone who ends up getting cut? Yeah, they could. Now, as of this moment, as of recording, we don't have a great idea of who those guys are. We do know who some of those mid-tier corners are. We do know some of those you know, sort of mid-tier defensive linemen. But, you know, look, Dalvin Tomlinson just got two years, $22 million from the Vikings. Uh, is he one of the 20 most impactful defensive linemen in the league? Is he one of the 25 most impactful defensive linemen? I, mean, I don't understand these contracts. So if that's the going rate for, for a Dalvin Tomlinson who is like, you know, in my opinion, maybe the 30th best defensive lineman in the league, what are we doing here? Where are you going to find value? I mean, if that's the going rate, $11 million APY over two years, you know, with 13 million guaranteed or whatever it is, like that's that's nuts. That's nuts. I, I you know, there were a lot of Packer fans who wanted that guy. Uh, for what? For what? He doesn't affect the passer. Not consistently. Oh, well, the run defense. Well, okay. That's nice. If you're the Vikings, that's what you signed Michael Pierce for. And now they've got two guys that they're paying, you know, real money who are going to have to play and they don't affect the passer. In a league where affecting the passer is the like the, one of the most important things any football team can do offensively or defensively. And you're going to allocate major resources to guys who can't do it? I don't understand that. I don't I, I really I don't understand the appeal. Why would you do that? And I, I get okay, it's he's better than the guys that they currently have, but at what cost? At what price? Glory. It doesn't make sense to me. So, you know, that's why, you know, I, I hear Packer fans say, oh, they should, you know, they should improve this defensive line. You should pay for these guys. For what? Dalvin Tomlinson, and I, I said this, Kingsley Kiki had a better pressure rate last year than, than Dalvin Tomlinson. In 80 fewer pass rush reps, he had six fewer pressures. I, I understand Dalvin Tomlinson is a good run defender and, you know, he's a former Alabama player and people know who he is. 
he's not a special defensive player. He's not changing anyone's life. And if you're paying 10, 11 million for an interior run stuffer and when you're Minnesota to go with an interior run stuffer you're already paying on a defense that can't rush the passer, couldn't rush the passer last year, all year, and it killed them? <laughs> I mean, I don't know what they're doing. I don't get that. This is the problem that Green Bay is up against. There are going to be guys, if you're a starting level defensive lineman, there are going to be teams who overpay those guys. They can be difficult to find. I would say go into day three, take a couple, you know, do what they did in 20 in 2018 with receiver, but do it in the defensive front on day three in, in 2021. Sign your corner, draft a corner and a safety. And after that, just throw a bunch of draft assets at a defensive lineman and see if you can get someone who can pop a little bit. Because, look, you know, Kenny Clark is going to play a bunch of snaps. We know Zadarius and Preston Smith are going to play a bunch of snaps. Rashawn Gary is going to play a bunch of snaps. Kingsley Kiki is going to play a bunch of snaps. Who knows if Dean Lowry is going to be on the team even. But, you know, I just mentioned five, six guys who are going to be a real part of this rotation, all of whom can rush the passer, all of whom have proven that in various capacities they can be impactful players. I guess I don't really understand the urgency to say, let's throw money at this problem. Certainly not the kind of money that someone like like Davin Tomlinson just got. So if it were me, I would see, okay, what are the bargains that are out there? Can you get someone who is a bargain? And if you can, great. Do that deal. If you can't, it's fine. It's fine. It's not going to change your life. It's fine. Go into the draft, take one or two guys, and see if they can pop and live with the fact that you know your edge rushers are really good, your secondary is really good, and that run defense matters less than pass defense. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional storefront. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions all while the counter guy goes and looks up in his little computer which parts that his warehouse happens to carry? Guess what? You have a computer, which means you have access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oils, and even new carpet. And best of all, the prices are always reliably low. The same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Today's episode is also brought to you by Built Bar. We've been telling you about the Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all of its bars. Now it's time to find out which Built Bar reigns supreme Built Bar madness. Today's matchup is peanut butter brownie versus coconut almond. Another. This is These are not getting any easier, guys. Um, I, I think I'm going to go with peanut butter brownie, but it's tough. It really is tough. Um, they're, they're all good. All the coconut flavors, their coconut, 
The coconut brownie is still my favorite, but coconut almond is also delicious. I am a very big fan of that. Go to BuiltBar.com or to Bar underscore Built on Twitter and let us know what you think. And remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15. They changed the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. Before we finish up, um, I do think it's worth you know, shouting out and mentioning some of the the Packers who got signed. Corey Lindsley is heading to L.A. Um, on a monster deal. He is joining Brian Bulaga, retiring to California. No. Um, and, and he gets to go play with Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen and a really good Chargers team that I think is is really exciting. So, you know, you, you do root for those guys, guys who go about their business the right way, uh, he's a really good center. He had a an all-pro season in his contract year, and it paid off for him. Jamal Williams said, you know, on Instagram, you know, this is this is it for me. So that's a beloved Packer player, you know, a guy in the locker room um, that that guys gravitated toward, that people in the media loved. You know, our friend Lily Zhao was the Jamal Williams reporter. And it is a bummer to see him no longer be on the team. Aaron Rodgers at the end of the year raved about, you know, Jamal Williams. And and this, by the way, is what Aaron Rodgers was talking about. The uncertain futures. He's going to be the quarterback in 2021. He knew this was the last chance with this group that guys like Corey Lindsley and Jamal Williams, who were foundational pieces to this team in a lot of ways, Corey Lindsley especially, but Jamal Williams was was a huge part of the energy and and the positive culture that permeated the Packers locker room. Those guys are not going to be here anymore. And there are going to have to be other people who come in and fill those voids, not just on the field, but from a culture standpoint, from a leadership standpoint, from an energy standpoint. I mean, I, I don't think that that stuff can be underestimated. That stuff all matters. And when you when you need a little pick me up, Jamal Williams was there. Okay, who's that guy now? And if we circle back to our conversation about yesterday from you know Aaron Jones, and the impact of not rewarding a guy who is so well liked, you couldn't you couldn't move on from Jamal Williams if you also moved on from Aaron Jones. You you might have mutiny on your hands if you had done something like that. So signing Aaron Jones gives them the flexibility, not just because you're getting a running back and and you you know that, but it becomes clear, okay, the choice had to be made one or the other, just from a financial standpoint. And they were able to keep one of them. If you if you can't keep both, man, it really starts to become sticky for you with your with your team and, and with players, not just in the locker room, but around the league. So I, I do think that plays a role here as well. Green Bay, you know, there there's still some options out there. The receiver market was not robust on day one of the tampering period. That could leave the door open for Green Bay to make a move here. And and remember, if if what I said yesterday about this this Aaron Rodgers contract situation is true, then they're trying to keep that powder dry. And they're trying to save it for when they need it. And then bang, all of a sudden, here's Juju Smith Schuster. Here's Will Fuller. And Aaron Rodgers gets to save the day. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow. 
staying on top of everything going on in free agency. Um, and we're going to have, I think we may have to table the draft talk until next week, but we'll see what happens. Um, I'm, I'm trying to keep space open for if the Packers make a move or something like that. Uh, I'm not predicting it's going to happen, but I do think they're going to be in here. Uh, and I think you need to be very careful about who you who you're trusting to tell you who they're in on. And I don't I don't say that in a fake news kind of way, but I get I get messages from people who are asking me about unsubstantiated rumors or, you know, there are a couple people in particular I have in mind who they just say stuff and I, I don't know where they get it from and they're consistently wrong. And I don't know why anyone listens to what they say, but they do. And I, I hear about it. <laughs> so trust people who are who are right a lot. Um, and I think that works out. If Adam Schefter is saying it, if if Ian Rappaport is saying it, you know, if Rob Domofsky is saying it, if Tom Silverstein is saying it, you know, believe it. If that guy you saw on Twitter one time is saying it, mm, you know, let's let's be judicious about this here. All right, follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.